You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Everybody, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in. The Tales with TR episode would be on 122A, flying through. Summer's officially over. We are into the hockey season, as evidenced by an exhibition NHL game I saw just a couple nights ago out in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta. Before I go any further, thanks to everybody in Edmonton that had anything to do with my trip. It was awesome. I will start. With Taran the Sandman Sandwith. It was good to see you again, buddy. It was great to see Daisy and Coco. Meant to give you guys a shout out on Jason Greger's podcast. It was awesome going on there. Shooting the shit with Jason and Struds. And uh, yeah, it was a great trip overall. A lot of people ask me why I went. Well, here's why I went. Okay, here's why I went. There's a couple reasons. First of all, I'll be doing a podcast. I don't know if I mentioned this a lot. I know I mentioned it at least once or twice before, but I'm I'm on the, it's called Got Your Back, okay? So I'll be on there with Ryan Rashog and Jason Strudwick. Yeah, you know what? I I did mention that, but I think people think it'll be just a one-off, but I'm going on as 
a fairly regular guest. So I went on today. I know it's going to be, should be after each Oilers game. Of course, there's going to be exceptions. Um, we went last Thursday. We went today, as I understand it, at least a couple times a week. And I'm going to have TR's takeaways. So if there's a game on or happening or happened, the boys will have me on. They will look at the game, analyze it, dissect it from their eyes. I come on after not having talked to them whatsoever um, about the game. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be texting them either. I want it to be fresh. Maybe I'll have an idiotic take. Maybe I'll have some profound piece of information that no one seems to have picked up on, or maybe it'll just match what they say. Who knows? But I like the spontaneous element of it. So I have a sponsor for my segment on Got Your Back podcast, and it's going to be coming from Sherwood Park Buick GMC, which is one of the most successful car dealerships in all of Canada. I finally, or I, I found out while I was out there. Bill Pocklington is the gentleman that owns the dealership. And the deal was, while I'm in town, while I was in town, he was going to get me a vehicle to drive, okay? Again, I'm thinking, I'm not really thinking. I'm thinking point A to point B. It's great that I have a vehicle to get around. I was going to go shake his hand, do a little promo, maybe post something from the dealership and go from there. But as I'm going, I get a text. He's like, hey, what do you want? Do you want something fun? You know, do you want a truck? You know, you're going to be, do you need room? Like, what, what, what do you need out of this thing? So I basically told him, I said, I need to get point A to point B. I'm staying with my buddy Turan, the Sandman Sandwith, which, before I go any further, another thanks to Sandman. It was a great time, uh, not only seeing you and your daughters, but and your family, dad and mom. Actually, it was a family affair, wasn't it? We raised some great money and everything, but Sam Man had me stay at his house and uh, really provided the nucleus of the trip for me because I, I stayed at his place and uh, was in and around uh, Sam Man's downtown in uh, Edmonton for most of the weekend. But anyway, getting back to the car, so I get there and Bill Pocklington has, again, shout out to you, buddy. Like, just a great guy. And we, um, he actually picked me up himself from the airport. And we're driving to get the car. And at this point, he tells me I got a pretty nice car coming. And uh, tells me that he lived in Tri-City. So I talk to people. When I say the Tri-City Americans and I played there, a lot of people, I I often don't elaborate on it. Once every maybe 25 episodes. But if you're just new. And you hear me say those words. There's a few places in in the United States that go by tri-cities or quad cities. Generally, you know, three cities close together. So a lot of different areas of the country have what they call the tri-cities. The tri-cities I'm talking about, the name of the cities are actually Richland, Pasco, and Kennewick, which is where the tri-city Americans play. So, and the rink is in Kennewick. Very, you know, I, I think from the outside looking in, even though they are distinct areas of town from afar, it would seem like one big place. So I'm thinking in the area, at least when I played there, I think 200,000 people around there, maybe, maybe a little more. And uh, Kennewick is the biggest of the three, although not way bigger than either. I actually lived in Pasco when I 
stayed there, and I, I graduated from Kamaikan uh, High School. So, yes, I enjoyed my time there and all that, but I've never run into anybody that went there or, or lived there that wasn't involved in hockey. So, you know, I run into them in Canada. Of course, I've seen lots of people that have been to Tri-Cities, either playing against them on another team, parents of somebody that might a scout, you know, maybe an owner, maybe uh, a player that actually played for Tri-Cities. Like I said, when I played there, and it's the Western Hockey League, you can pick from all over Western Canada, but for some reason, most of our players were from Edmonton, the vast majority. Now, Edmonton is a hockey hotbed, but we were we were way overrepresented on the Tri-City Americans. So I, I would go there every summer, um, at least every just summer. I would end up there in the winter at some point. I mean, a lot of times if we had a small break, even one Christmas, um, it was tough to go all the way back to St. John's for, you know, an hour or two. So, or sorry, a day or two. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And then when I played with the Habs, I used to go, you know, you want to stay training and everything, and they would pay for if if we were going somewhere to work out and better ourselves, they would pay for it. So that was it. I used to go out to uh, practice with U of A, uh, stay somewhere, you know, and foot them the bill. It was great, and because uh, they were all my buddies from the Western League, everything else, and you know, U of A is a great program. Had a nice weight room. And it was a beautiful, I used to stay on White Avenue there. It was, it was just a beautiful time in my life. So I got a lot of ties, a lot of people I played with and against from the Western League. So Peter, or Phil and I, I keep saying Peter, he's a distant relative of Peter, but those out there that are thinking Peter Pocklington, no, this is not his car, car dealership. It's Phil Pocklington who really worked hard to get there, I tell you. He really, really did. He's got an interesting story. Was or is or whatever, was a farmer at some point. I think that's... I don't want to bend the story too far here, but from what he told me, that's what I understand. Anyway, their family actually moved to, to the Tri-Cities when he was, I can't remember, but when he, when he was a boy, you know, I, I know he graduated high school there, and I think he was there for six or seven years total. So it was the first I'd ever talked to anybody. It's Tri-Cities is a beautiful spot, but it's almost like another planet. You know, and, and Seattle's right around it. Portland's right around it. Spokane. When I say right around it, they're three, two to four hours. Depending on where Spokane's the closest, about an hour and a half, two hours. So those places are around it somewhat in the that corner of the United States. And you hear a lot about them. Spokane isn't too much different. It's not that far away. But you will hear way more for some reason about Spokane. Um, what's the industry in Tri-City? I believe it. Yeah, it's um, they got a nuclear power plant there. My old billet's. My billet work there, Mark Mark Eby. Um, shout out to Nancy and Mark Eby who took great care of me down there. Anyway, it was nice to have a, a – here I am talking about my Edmonton trip. We've been going already. Fuck do I ramble, 10 or 15. Anyway. We arrive at the dealership, and it's literally – Bill Pocklington has a 2023 convertible black Corvette waiting for me. 200 clicks on it. Well, man, was it fun. So <clears throat> I put my phone down. And in, in this day and age, to not even think about your phone for a half hour, an hour, uh, especially when, because I, I got to keep thinking like podcasts and posts. And, you know, I got to check emails and auditions. and Oh, God. 
you know, appearances and whatever it might be. I hate it, but I'm on my phone so much. Even when I'm not posting, you know, the, the, the emails and the texts and the, the volume of messages, like I've said before, and I keep saying it, please don't send me messages that don't go anywhere. Um, I'm happy to spend time and meet, meet, meet the fans and, and followers of the podcast, but it's tough when you look down, you got like, again, I'll say like 200 messages and like 195 of them say pitter patter or give your balls a tuck. First of all, I never say those things, so it's not really impressing me as much as, I mean, I know you might watch the show. It's all good. My character never says those, and I appreciate that you do, and I love that you listen, but um, that's why I, don't, I can't get to all my messages now, right? Like, So, yeah, if, if you have a, an important business matter or appearance or whatever it might be, please go to terryryan2020 at gmail.com, or if you want a book, uh, or something signed, uh, but my DMs on Instagram are, are getting, the volume is, is getting mesmerizing. And I love you guys, and most of the messages are positive. I just, it's tough for me to, you know, it's it's tough for me. Some some person might email or, or, or text or, 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 sorry, DM, and have like a real nice thing to say. Maybe the last person I won't say that said that I, I had a positive effect on his mental health, and, uh, you know, he's back playing hockey again, got a lot of friends that listen to this podcast and got into some of the music that I recommended and everything. That's a real connection. And I absolutely love that that can happen. And it, it, give, it almost brings me to tears sometimes when I read it and I see the message came in four weeks ago. And whoever this is thinks that, you know, I'm being ignorant or whatever it might be. But I just have too many messages. And I hate not seeing that because of like 195 that say pitter patter. It, it's just hard. Right. And I get it. I know it. But uh, it might sound really fucking superficial and pretentious saying this, but I'd really like to have a chance to connect to the people that I made a difference somehow uh, or, or the, one of the shows I'm on made a difference. Shorzy, whatever it might be. In that case, most of the credit would go to the writers and everything else. Hitch is merely my interpretation of what they've written for you guys. So anyway, there's that. But and when I got in the car, point being, like, I didn't need to be on it. I My phone, I didn't even want to see it. I threw it down. I, I pumped up the tunes. The first song was Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. I don't know why I remembered that, but it put me in a good mood. I would never, because I would never think to play that song because it's so cheesy and he's he's related with so much cheesy stuff and time passes and you look back and everything seems cheesy, although he probably would fit in right around now. Right? He used to have the uh, blood loving tight pants. And the funky colors and the hair. Yeah, actually, he would look very stylish now. But for a long time, Rick Astley was looked at as the epitome of cheese. Do I normally care? No. But for some reason, it just, I, I've never, I don't know if, if I've listened to that song, unless it's on like a TV commercial. So it's in the subconscious, but I don't know, 20 years. And it uh, just put me in a good mood. I got out on the old Anthony Henday, and other than a bit of construction, which seems to be ongoing all the time in Edmonton. I love you guys out there, but uh, a lot of construction on the roads whenever I'm in town. Is it just me or is it happening in Edmonton? Let me know. Um, yeah, I just cruised, man. I just and it was just and it wasn't even hooked up to my Bluetooth at first. I ended up doing it as a trip went, but I just had it on a local radio station. Whoever left it there, and it was a fantastic afternoon. Uh, beetling around Edmonton in my 2023 Corvette. And just feeling like 
a million bucks. It brought to mind the first thing I did when I signed. I bought a nice black Camaro T-top, and uh, I just felt so proud driving around in that thing, and it gave me the same feeling, you know? And uh, those feelings were 20-odd years apart. I've always loved sports cars. I don't know nothing about them. The problem with having one is that as soon as you like stop and get out, people are like, hey, what's under the hood? I don't have any fucking idea. It's like when I go to the gym and someone comes over, oh, there you are, boy, getting ready to train again. What do you bench? I'm like, I don't know, probably not my body weight because <laughs> it's just inevitable. I will let these people down, right? What's under the hood, big man? I have no idea, sir. I know nothing about cars. <laughs> I like driving them. I don't have time to give a fuck. I don't know. It feels good when I press gas. And it got a nice stereo system. Uh, the top comes off. And it uh, looks cool. After that, I don't really know or care what goes on underneath. Anyway, fucking great. And I uh, went out with Sam, man. On Friday, we did the uh, Canadian Brew House. We did a little promo there. And they were nice enough to give me a tab. Thank you very much to the Canadian Brew House. Um, Mike, can't remember Mike's name. But uh, you were great, and I'm I'm wearing the hoodie as we speak. Word all day that you gave me, and I saw some friends I hadn't seen in a while. You know, people in and around the Western League, ball hockey. Saw some players. Robbie Dunville played senior hockey with me in Cornerbrook in the 2000s. Hadn't seen him. He was a kid then. I mean, uh, still looks great, but I just hadn't seen him in a long time. Moved out to Edmonton way back, like a lot of my fellow Newfoundlanders, and a, and a lot of which showed up at this event and other ones. And we bar hopped after that. And it's funny, I ran into so many people that watch this show and so many people that watch Shorzy. It was almost overwhelming. I mean that in a good way. If I'm going to be overwhelmed, I'd rather it be with positive vibes, hockey fans who are listeners to this show and followers of Shorzy and everything else. So it was overwhelming in in an absolutely fantastic, humbling way. But yeah, we popped, man. We popped around. The local, we hit Cactus Club, OTR on the rocks, I think they call it. Um, that's places I remember. We did we, we did more than one Canadian brew house. Um, and uh, basically, I really, really enjoy... I, I enjoy Edmonton. It's as much a part of me as any city outside of St. John's. I spent so much time there. And I have so many friends, so... It didn't surprise me that just popping around bar to bar, I ran into people, and not only fans of the show and everything of Shorzy, but and not only listeners to the podcast, although I couldn't believe how many there were listening to this podcast 4,000 kilometers away. I know we're all united over the internet and wires or whatever, but I don't know that I've been anywhere outside of St. John's that so many people listen to this particular podcast. So, Which is, I guess, there's a reason I'm on Got Your Back and I go out and there's a good response because uh, people know that follow this podcast, listen to those, and it's almost like a uh, uh, it's a good platform anyway. It's all it's all great. They're all hockey podcasts. I listen to all of the above. I don't have the time to listen to all of them every single week, but like the Gregor podcast now got your back when I'm not on it. Um, oh God, I can go down the list. Sportsnet. TSN, I listen to Merrick and Friedman a lot, Spitting Chicklets, Missing Curfew, that Cam Jansen one. Uh, God, I mean it. And some of the QMJHL, like Fan House, I listen to those. Overdrive, I listen to a lot. I love the boys on Overdrive. Anyway, I can't get enough, right? And I'm Because 
whatever I'm doing, I'm listening to the podcast. So, and I, I'm always intrigued. And I mean, all day long, right? Like, I mean, if I'm sitting here now writing a cameo or um, I got to get my stuff in order to go to Boston um, tonight or tomorrow morning um, where I'll be ultimate fighting hockey style, which is insane. I'll get into that after this. But uh, anyway, I always have something on in the background, driving especially. Um, Sometimes it used to be only music. Now it's like 10% of the time because I love gathering information, especially I like to hear takes on people that I really respect in the business. So I res- everybody I just mentioned to you, I respect their takes on the game. And a lot of them aren't just talking about hockey because the odd per- the odd place I go, people go, you know what, T-Bone, I'm not really into hockey that much. I love Shorzy, but you don't need to be into Shorzy. I mean, I get this all the time. Um, and that's why I sometimes have someone on the podcast that's not straight hockey because there are there's a sizable portion of people that only get their hockey through this, which is sad if you're a hockey fan because I don't often talk about hockey, but it will give them a loose idea of what goes on. And, uh, you know, they might be into, you know, even at the brew house, I talk more football than anything. And so I, I like having a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the other sports. And at certain times, like Aaron Judge, it hasn't, and the Blue Jays having a good team, it's not hard to tune into baseball this particular summer. I mean, even if you're not a Yankees fan, my dad is, I'm a Jays fan, but you're watching Aaron Judge, Lots to unpack there, but, you know, he's chasing some crazy numbers that haven't been seen in a long time. And uh, just the team he's playing on and how he's doing it um, is remarkable. And not only to see a, a, a gargantuan, godlike, warrior-looking beast of a man hit that ball out of the park, as much as that's rewarding for me, it's watching him and how he approaches this and I mean, he goes up to bat and everybody in the place takes out their phone. Um, you know, it's it's almost like a rock concert. Like the, the, the at-bat almost seems irrelevant at times, right? It's just other than, you know, we want him to hit it out of the park. No one's no one's even looking at the curveball. No one's seeing, you know, maybe he can slap it to left field or, or you know, no one even really cares what the count is. They want another pitch to judge so we can put it out of that building. And, uh, you know, the closest thing in my life, that would be Bonds, McGuire, Sosa chasing after it in the early 2000s, late 90s. What do I think of it? Long story short, think it's bullshit. I don't really, I think steroids really help them out. Should they be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I think they should be, but I think it should tell right under their how and circumstances. And people say, well, you know, Babe Ruth, no competition back then. Or what I will say, didn't play against black players. It wasn't his fault, though. Um, there was a huge margin, though, right? Ruth would hit 20 or 30 at least more than the next second place and that's what judge is doing and uh you know bond you could make an argument that you know who knows bonds or sammy sosa for sure bonds was already a star sosa might say yeah well i made 20 extra million dollars and it was worth it to me fair i don't hate these guys what i don't like especially bonds like at least tell us they're asking them they're asking bonds you know and more and more there was a lot and for those that don't know what i'm talking about i'll get off this right away because i just fucking went i took a 180 didn't i but it's just often asked to me. And, and you know, I, I think it was this. It was allowed. I don't hold it against these guys. Would they have done it without steroids? No, they wouldn't have. Barry Bonds was a fucking, played his whole career. He played out his prime and everything. And he was one of the best players that ever played. And he still is one of the best players that ever played. But would he have hit 73 home runs at like 38 years old? No. 
No. He was hitting 40, though, and stealing 40 bases and hitting for average. I mean, he was a fucking great player. Is. Like, he just not dead, I guess. He is a great, great player. He's fucking watching that year. It was intriguing. But, you know, I mean, give Judge fucking juice like that. He hits 90. You know, I, I just. It's unfortunate. It's a black mark on baseball. I don't think. I think so many people were doing it, and there's no way to tell exactly. I mean, so I would just have the records in there, of course, but I would have a section of the Hall of Fame that says, "Look, this is the PED section. This is this. This is Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens was a great pitcher. Here's his best years when he took the juice. Judge what you want. Here's here's he would have a Hall of Famer anyway, like Bonds. I guess probably like McGuire." Right? McGuire was fucking part of the Bash Brothers with Kitseko. I don't know if McGuire would have been a Hall of Famer, actually, but he was there. I mean, he was close. He was an all-star. Him and Kitseko on the A's, fucking Bash Brothers, late 80s. But Bash Brothers meaning 40 to 50. Great year, 50-odd. But, you know, all of a sudden, you're way bigger. And you're hitting pop flies out opposite field, and they're going out by 55 feet. Anyway... I did go off track. Point being, I really res- I, I respect what Judge is doing more. The others were home runs. I don't think you can take them out. Like I've already said, you're going to fucking do with that guy. I mean, because then you could start going, well, I heard this guy did it. And I heard that guy did it. And he's in. And it's a whirlwind. Just put them all in and say the circumstances. Even at- Equally so, say it about Babe Ruth. Look, Babe Ruth, these are the numbers. It was before the Negro Leagues. That's what they were called. Please, I don't want any fucking e- emails. I didn't say the N-word. I said Negro, and they were the Negro Leagues. That's history. Um, and, you know, they were fucking, they would play exhibition games against the MLB and, and beat them sometimes, right? No black players playing. Jackie Robinson is the first, and he's one of the best players ever. Most of the people must have been going, whoa. Jackie numbers, Robinson's numbers were great in the Negro League too, but they weren't that inflated. Uh, they would play exhibition games, and often the white MLB would lose. But still, it's not Babe Ruth's fault. And Babe Ruth wasn't racist in any way. And each era, I could say something like that. I could also say about that era, you know, um, the there wasn't as much training. Uh, the polo grounds was way bigger. Babe Ruth had to hit it further a lot of the time. Um, but now you could say, well, there's more pitchers. And, you know, they were seeing the same starting pitcher right up until the eight, all, all kinds of complete games. It's hard to compare eras, but what I do know is when they tell you not to, and you put a needle into your ass and you go from 38 home runs to 60 and some people, so, so what? He was a good home run hitter. Not great. Then he has 66. He beats the record. McGuire, 70 odd bonds. I think 73 or 76. So it's what happened. Anyway, fuck, I don't even know how I got there. We'll go back. We'll go back. Let's think. Think, TR, think. Anyway. I guess I don't remember how I went there. That's exactly what I didn't want to do. Do I want to stop and go back? I don't even know how. Here I have my podcast. Unless I stop this and, like, start a new one, I don't even know how to rewind I have no production skills whatsoever, thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, who helped me every week. I literally, Dylan Kaiser is the guy who I speak with the most, one of the founders of this Hockey Podcast Network, which has many more great podcasts, by the way. And um, again, I just don't have time to think of them. Although, 
Although I will mention, I do listen, listen to a few. I will mention, so I naturally, I got to be honest, I wouldn't have listened to the Hockey Podcast Network because I listened to the ones that I mentioned just there pretty religiously. But lately I've been going, you know, I should probably give the boys a chance. So I got to give a shout out. Um, Devil's State of Mind. Okay. What's his name? I'm reading it now. Neil? Filipino. Anyway, I, I'm going to send him a message. All these guys technically are my brothers, right? And I don't have any time. But anyway, I liked that one. Um, I, of course, I like Fourth Line Voice uh, Enforcer-based podcasting. I've listened to that a lot before. Um, Pucks in Deep. Here, I'm just reading through the ones that I've listened to lately, guys. Uh, House of Hockey. Canucks Weekly. Weekly. Uh, let me give a couple more plugs in the dome in Calgary, uh, and the quack report in Anaheim. So those are just some, the Pocky podcast network for the most part, they have, again, there are a couple of exceptions, but they generally have a podcast per team. And then they got some original content, which, you know, it's not affiliated with one team per se. Hockey Unfiltered, unfiltered with Ken Campbell, that's one. Um, bar Down Breakdown. I mentioned Pucks in Deep. Um, Tendy Talk. Heron Puckberg. So, uh, and that's, I'm just reading now, but these are all like mine. They're not affiliated with one particular team, but they're a little bit of hockey insight. Um, mostly chats and opinions. Some are like mine, some aren't, but for the most part, it's all a decent hockey. It's decent hockey chat that you can pick up some good info. So I like listening to those too. And what you got to remember when you're a fan is that just because someone played pro hockey, they're not necessarily right. Okay. Because I often find when I hear these shows, when I talk to people in my travels, um, you know, I'll hear what, you know, he played and I didn't, so he must be right. No, not really. If you asked, if, if you got 10X players in a room and brought up a topic, we would all not land in the same place, right? I mean, one person's experience is different than another. Um, I don't know. Another example, I'm watching yesterday for my football knowledge, I'm watching Stephen A. Smith on uh, ESPN. They're t and he's going back and forth with Michael Irvin, who's one of the best, football players ever, but I don't necessarily think that Michael is right because he played. He might give me good insight, and uh, here he goes listening to Luke Wilson yesterday on Overdrive, speaking of podcasts, and, uh, you know, he was explaining things about concussion protocol and um, what you might hear in and around a dressing room, how people help with that on the sidelines, what the process is. I mean, that's stuff that you're pretty much going to get from anybody like straight across the board because that's a fact. But when it gets opinion, hey, hey Luke, who do you think is going to win tomorrow? Or you, you, what do you think's wrong with Tampa Bay's offense so far? Which that might be obvious. But, you know, they're not always going to be right. If you ask me um, my take on an NHL game, I'm watching the same game you are. I... If you ask me about what happens in a dressing room, not my opinion, like, what, hey, what's it like in a dressing room and how do they do this? How do they present game day? I can give you a better perspective than the next person. Of course I can because I lived it. But I also lived three on twos and I also lived uh, on the ice. I mean, I also lived 
um, you know, power play breakouts and all that. But if everybody had the same take, it would be real boring. Uh, I might have a different way to approach the game than the next person who also played pro. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this on Got Your Back podcast, right? Um, but giving a different opinion. Jason Strudwick played in the NHL. Ryan Rashog played for Kamloops, one of the best junior teams of all time. Um, you know, I'm going on giving my opinion with them. Sometimes we're completely at odds, but that's what makes it a great game. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. So when fans come up to me and say, look, I didn't play, so it's probably not the right opinion, but I think uh, Buffalo's going to make the playoff. I think Ottawa's going to do a great job. I think they're way better than people think they are. Well, I might disagree. I don't. I said that because it popped into my head because I think Ottawa are going to be way better than people think they are. But, you know, it's just don't be intimidated what I'm saying. It's just someone got games played in a fucking pro. You know, I got, I, I didn't even look, 300 games pro. How many games? Senior hockey. Now I've been playing senior hockey more than anything. Canada ball hockey. World Championships, Nationals. I, mean, I don't I don't know. I've got a 1,000 games or something, right? 300 games pro hockey, I would assume, junior and all that shit. And a lot of the times, you know what I got more than you got? Bumps and bruises and missing teeth. I've got an experience in and around the game that I'm probably more a part of the, the, the not the culture, but like the vernacular of what goes on in a particular place. When it comes to that, like hockey culture, you can kind of see from afar, but Boise get its own feel. I played there. Colorado Springs get its own feel. Hershey, Long Beach, Montreal, Freddie, um, all these different places. You're playing the same sport, but you're getting a different experience. That's what I can give you. Hey, T-Bone, what's it like playing in Boise? There, I can tell you that probably better than you can, but as to how that team's going to do, you could never step a foot in Boise. Do some homework, get back to me in two hours, and you might be right. You know? You might be right if you don't do that, but generally fans that follow the game, especially now with so much analytics and whatever, they can bring as much to the table as I can. Uh, I just got some experience now on a platform. But just know that, right? I Know that as a hockey fan, don't feel outside. I'm a hockey fan, right? I felt like a hockey fan when I was in the Montreal dressing room. Even when I was in Fredericton, I got to put on the Montreal Canadian jersey every day, and there wasn't part of me that didn't um, pinch myself mentally. You know, that didn't feel like just it was all a dream, man. Like, wow. Uh, some guys I talk to still have that feeling. Some don't. But I always feel like a fan, and uh, not everybody can put on their skates and go out and play. But if you follow the game and you're into your team, then by all means, shout it out. Be confident. Start your own podcast. Write your own blog. I think it's a bad time to start another goddamn podcast, man. Because if guests are nothing else, um, I, I almost feel bad asking people at this point because I know that 800 other podcasts ask them. But you got to start somewhere. Maybe it's a blog. Less and less people are writing and, and, and reading about hockey. But whatever it is, if you're passionate, just do it. I, I love music, and I fiddle around on the guitar sometimes. I don't know that anybody publicly will ever hear it. I'm awful, and it takes a long time to learn guitar. But I enjoy it, right? I like sitting down listening to music. I don't. No one else needs to share that with me. So if you love hockey, watch. You don't have to. No one. You, you, you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. But uh, 
if you see me in public or another hockey player, don't be intimidated to to speak your mind because we're all fans of the game, right? As soon as you take your skates off and leave the rink, we're all fans of the game, even the players. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With bigger payouts than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a ton of hockey podcasts to get me ready for the upcoming NHL season, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to? Because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which I find is perfect for tuning out distractions at work. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally love Raycons noise isolation mode that blocks out the sounds around me. Bass boost for hard-hitting music and balanced for podcasts. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. What was I going to get into? I was going to get into the Aaron Judge. I think I already took care of that. Um, all I can say is good luck to him. And uh, I will add to that, I met Barry Bonds in 1999 at the opening of Planet Hollywood in Montreal. And uh, myself and a guy, Paul Eels, they called me. The, the Habs were nice enough. I always speak about, you know, the injury and leaving there and everything. So there's often a negative tone. But the Habs were great. This is how they were great. One of the ways. So professional. But at the end of every season, they would call us up, even if we didn't bet. I ended up, the games I've played are mostly at the end of the season. And if I didn't play, they'd have us up practicing. So, A, so we could get our name on the plaques. If you go around the Montreal room, right, there's plaques and, like, the team, the players' names every year. And they, So I'm on a couple of those, and that means a lot to me. But uh, And I used to think it was just for that. Call us up so we can get our names on the thing so we're there, at, you know, show that we're a Montreal Canadian. And... They, I think it was Donald Beauchamp who used to work there. I don't know if he is. If he's out there somewhere, Donald, thanks. I haven't seen you in a long time, but you were great to me. I used to like hanging around with the people in, in, in around the office because they were all so invited. Like, you know, they're part of the team, too. If the team wins the Stanley Cup, they're going to get a ring. Uh, I guess they just don't always feel like that, but it felt like that in Montreal, that we were one big group, even in the minors. Well, hence, that's why they were very adamant, too. Our Fredericton Canadians, we weren't the Fredericton Express or the Fredericton Tornadoes. 
we were the Fredericton Canadians. And other than a little Dodge symbol of our, one of our sponsors, we had Montreal Canadiens jerseys. So we all, and they did that. I remember telling us to, to, to all feel like part of the one organization. But anyway, what they would do, they would put us there because then during the summer, we would get invited to do events, right? Because they, the list would go out. These are the Montreal Canadiens. And we'd all get an email or whatever it might be. And uh, I got invited to the opening of Planet Hollywood. I also got invited to play golf. I don't play golf. And I played one year with John Daly, man. Fred Couples, Marco Mira, and Mike Weir. Anyway, it was a pro-am tournament. I'll get into that next time, maybe. John Daly just, he was drinking while he was playing. He was smoking more than he wasn't. And he was teeing off. His tea was an empty Coke can from the rum and Cokes he was drinking. The whole course. What a fucking legend. Um, but anyway, we got invited to the opening of Planet Hollywood. So I went. I was in Newfoundland, too. When I got I looked over. I was playing left field in a baseball game. Paul Eels was the center fielder, my good buddy. I was playing for the Knights. We were playing against, oh, God. I can't remember. Maybe the Shamrocks. I can't remember. It was local baseball. And... Um, we had a chat. I said, Paul, I, earlier today, I got an invite to go to uh, Montreal tomorrow. Do you want to come? And he was like, well, you know, it's going to be pricey and it's late notice, but I got to go. Because we ended up meeting Sporty Spice. And I mean meeting. We sat down. I, I wish I'd spoken to, to the whole group longer. But anyway, Sporty Spice was there. Arnold swore, uh, sorry. He was part owner, but he wasn't there. Uh, Bruce Willis was there. Um, Sylvester Stallone was there. Cindy Crawford. Dennis Rodman. You see a picture I posted with Rodman. That's, that was from that night. Uh, Carmen Electra. He was going out with. He was like married for like a week to Carmen Electra. It was that week. If you go ever see two of them in public in a picture, it's likely from that night. Because then I think they went to like, I don't know, Hawaii somewhere and married and divorced or whatever happened. It was all inside of like a month and we were there and, and, and he was great to us as well. But anyway, Barry Bonds was awesome. And I, when I, when I, when I see him, I think he took the stand years ago and they asked him, you know, no, I had no idea. Like someone was putting a needle in my ass and I was, I was ripping car doors off. I, you know, I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, not, I was, if you're Barry Bonds, or I'm saying when I couldn't, I couldn't believe every game that I was watching because he seemed to get bigger and bigger and he had no neck and he was just like hitting pop flies and they were going way over the fence. So anyway, I keep going back to that and I don't mean to. So I just, fuck, to see him lie about it, there's something that I, I just can't fully respect him like I respect Aaron Judge. I even know why you did it, Barry. You did it to be better. You did it because you're a competitor. The reasons that you did it make you Barry Bonds. It's why you were competitive on the field and everything else. So just fucking admit it. We know you did it. We know you did it knowing that you did it. And you know there's a lot of money to be made, a lot of fame, setting up your family. I could make an easy argument for why you did it. But like I often say, the Yankees, for the Yankees that same year, Andy Pettit did it. And he just came out and said, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to let everybody down. And he came back and played played his last bunch of years without it, and he was pretty good. He just said, I wanted an edge. Seemed everybody else was doing it. I'm going to set myself up for life. You know, probably was anyway, but, you know, 
the way he conveyed it, I remember that, you know, my, my family's better off. I'm, I'm, it's a struggle out there, right? I don't know. I don't want to tail off. So many other people were doing it. I didn't feel bad doing it now. And I know I betrayed the fans and you guys know that. I am sorry. Now, is Andy Pettit is one of the greatest pitchers, one of the greatest Yankees ever. I don't hold it against them. So it's not so much that they did it. I understand they did. It was just, and A-Rod was the same. Come on, A-Rod. Just fucking admit it. Just admit it. That's what gets me. So much pride. Look, you did it. Now, if I'm going to be on your side, that you're going in to the Hall of Fame, I mean, or whatever, that you get, just fucking admit it. And if you can't, then it really hurts my fucking argument. And it hates me. It hurts my judgment of you. Now, in, 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 essentially, that's why I prefer Aaron Judge to Barry Bonds. But going back to it, he was a fucking beauty that night. I told him I played baseball. I think he might have thought like in the minors, but I was there with Paul. Like, what else are we going to talk about? Because Paul played baseball with me. It's Barry Bonds across the other side of the table. And I think he threw out, oh, do you guys play baseball? Knowing that I was on the Habs. We all were introduced as, as Canadians. So, and you know, he was intrigued by it, but I think he was joking. I'm like, no, no, no. And then he, you know, I, I, I like, I basically told him I knew how to hit a curveball. I played a little bit. Uh, we had a decent, I, I knew enough about the game talking with him that he could see I wasn't bullshit. And that was enough for him. And he just, he told us about him and his father who was also a legend, his baseball year. I mean, he might've spoken to us. I, I'm saying for at least an hour. I, I don't remember. I guess it could have been three. We were in the corner having dinner and there was tables set all. I mean, it was a normal, it was Planet Hollywood. So picture the layout of Planet Hollywood and we just went in and milled around. Well, we found ourselves, you know, sitting with him and, you know, at the same table, a little bit further away, Sporty Spice and company. And it was a great night and Barry Bonds couldn't have been any nicer. He couldn't have been any nicer. So I will say that about him. And, um, yeah, that was, I look back and, uh, that was one of the funnest weekends for a lot of reasons that I've had. It was the red carpet treatment, right? People magazine were there shaking hands. Paul Eels, like my center fielder on the local Mount Pearl Knights team. Like we're up experiencing it. Um, and uh, if there's anything else, I remember getting Vincent LeCavalier in. He was about, yeah, he was about to be drafted. The draft was coming up and he was going to go first overall. So. I mean, I remember saying that. I got him in. If I ever see Vinny LeCavalier again, he's got to remember that. I got him in. He couldn't get in. I went out. Now, of course, he, I guess he wasn't 18 yet. There had to be a reason he couldn't get in. Uh, or, or, or else he was, and it was packed, and they weren't giving Vincent LeCavalier the respect that he deserved. In any case, he was about to go first overall in a matter of days, it seemed to me, looking back at the memory. But I don't know. Look it up whatever year that was. And, uh, you know, it was definitely spring. So if he's born after that, he was 17 years old. If not, he just turned 18. In any case, him and his buddy were out there and they couldn't get in. So I got them in. And one of us ended up becoming an NHL star. wonder who that was. Um, anyway, yeah, Vinny LeCavalier, I might as well throw out. He was a great guy that night too. Of course, he wasn't, he didn't grow into his adult self yet, but, uh, I remember him being real funny. He's a real, real funny kid. So anyway, that's that. What else? Uh, nothing really, but I, I will mention one more thing. So I'm going to be in Boston. I'm flying out tomorrow, going there Thursday. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting. 
So this is what happened. A lot of people are asking me. I'm, I'm fighting on the ice, MMA style. I know this sounds nuts. Uh, I got a call from the NHL alumni. Hey, do you want to go down and shoot this commercial down in Boston? It requires hockey fight. Now, when I heard that, I thought, okay, they're asking me because they know that I can do stunts on the ice. There's a way to do it that there's just ways to do everything that look real that aren't. Okay, that's why there's stunt coordinators. That's why there's movie magic. That's why there's people that get paid a lot more money than me doing the stunt to coordinate it. So, but I do know I haven't worked with them. You know, the more experience you get, <clears throat> it's not rocket science. It requires timing. It requires precision. It requires focus. But you can learn. It's not out of my understanding. So I've learned. I've learned off the ice. Before I ever did anything on the ice, I did probably... 20 stunts of some sort on whether it's Frontier or Hudson and Rex or Little Dog or those shows. So camera placement's big. Timing is big. Those are the two biggest things. It's not like, oh, he's got a lot of balls. It's more timing, focus, like I said, and uh, camera placement. So anyway, that's what I thought I was doing. Now when the, So I agreed to do it. So when the people... Uh, I don't want to be unprofessional and say how much money. It's decent. Had I known it was real fighting, I would have asked for more for sure. But I agreed to do this. What are you if you don't have your word? And they they got me a ticket and everything. I'm flying down in the morning. But what it is, yeah, they're uh, the way I understand it, these guys want to be. Dana White's in, in, interested in getting involved. It's just hockey fighting. I think there was a version this summer in Edmonton. If you Google, I think it was called Ice Wars. Now, this isn't that, but it's something else that is doing what they were doing, which is no stick, no game even. Just skate out like Rocky versus Apollo Creed, like, you know what I mean? Like fucking Mayweather-McGregor, like a fight, like a fight. Except I've got my skates on, well, so does my opponent, and we just come out. Now, we do have MMA gloves on, but it's four rounds of one minute per round. When they said, quote-unquote, commercial, it's because they're recording this and they're going to send it on to people that want to be affiliated the way I understand it and uh, they want to better their business product that they have. So it's called Ultimate Hockey Fighting. Uh, UHF, I saw the jersey. I'm guessing that what that, that's what that must stand for. And, uh, yeah, we're going at it. So Thursday, not sure who my opponent is. You'll see. And this is going to be really delayed, so I'm... I'm going to do it, and I don't think I can post anything about it for a while. I can talk about it, so maybe tune into the next Tales with TR, and I'll explain all this. Now, I'm, I'm going to take my computer. Over the next three days, guys, I'm going to be real, real, real busy because I'm traveling tomorrow and um, to Boston, and I'm going to hit maybe go to Bobby Hauser, those Spit and Chicklets fans that watch. You know, he's one of my ball hockey buddies. I'm going to go there, so I, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't get in till 5. I'd like to meet him and his friends, have a couple of beers. I am fighting the next day, so maybe maybe not get hammered, but I mean, I don't know. I, I had no that's the thing. I had no no preparation for this if I did. I'm I'm by by default, I guess I got some decent cardio because I run playing ball hockey or I'm skating almost every single day, a mountain bike. I've always taken pride in having decent cardio. Again, for a normal person. For an ultimate fighter, no. I mean, I would have to train for that. And whoever it is I'm fighting, you know, I, I, 
I hope that this isn't something that they've been doing for a while and I'm just thrown to the wolves. I, I'm not scared. I don't I have a decent muscle memory for it. And um, I used to be able to, you know, figure out grapple pretty good like Darren Langdon. I wasn't scared of much. I got all, all the things that I have going for me are from 20 years ago. Okay. Now I'm in shape. Like I said, ultimate fighting shape. No, but hopefully shape enough that muscle memory will come back and I will, um, I'll be able to hang. Yes. I play senior hockey. I've been in a fight in a while. I played for the caps for five years. St. John's caps. I don't remember getting into one really couple like just, and it was quick down, but yeah, I don't remember anybody really fighting me. I, I remember the last good one I got in was probably uh, my buddy, Ryan Graham. Really? I played for Clarenville. Shout out to Ryan. 2015, maybe. I fought Nathan Saunders, big tough. Any fans of minor, minor league fighting will know that guy. Big tough defenseman. Tats everywhere. Fucking looks like an animal, acts like an animal, swings his stick like an animal. Was bigger than me. I'm guessing 6'3, 220. Look that name up. I fought him. 2013, I played for the CBN, the CBs, back when the league was firing five imports for some teams, three at least on every team. Uh, fans, the, the pandemic kind of ended all of that, but I'm sure it'll get swinging again. But, but yeah, that that was the last real, real good fight that I had, that I had to fight a, a tough guy. He was his first year back from the American League, and he was ready to kill. And that was, that was a good fight in CBN. That's what I remember. And two years, I think, before that, I fought Darren Langdon a couple times, which isn't easy. But I'm a lot older now. I'm more than a decade older than when I fought Langer. And even though I'm I'm probably lighter, which for training is a good thing for when it's ball hockey or something like that. I don't know that it is for ultimate fighting. So, um, you know, my hockey cards are often listed at 210, 207, 214. I didn't really like playing that heavy. I quickly came to realize that somewhere around 200 was good for hockey, maybe a little bit lighter, and for ball hockey, 185, 190. So I've basically lived my life for the last 10 years, 190, 195 pounds. Um, but I can't really change much. I got to fight tomorrow, right? So what am I going to do? I, uh, You know, what am I going to do? I, I'm just going to go down and... This is what you got. This is what we're going to deal with. Hopefully, I don't get ship pumped. And if I don't, it's another story for Tales with TR. And it's another story for a book or whatever, a podcast that I got to go on. I've experienced a lot. I just, you know, you knock on wood. I got a daughter now. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Put me in a game, man. You've seen me. Those that watch the Chicklets Cup, that wasn't bullshit. Beforehand, I mean, did we need to do so many posts like, I thought we were almost instigating. That was a little bit put on before. But my reactions after that game were real. That was me in the heat of the moment. And I almost wish we had a game to play. I could get myself there in a game. Often those hockey fights that I'm getting in, you know, there's a game. It's like the third period. We've, 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 someone has run the goalie already. Someone has called me a name. Someone spit at me. Um, someone's full of piss and vinegar just hit our, our best player. That, that's how I would get myself in the zone to be fighting. You know, it's just to go out and fight. I don't have it in me to, to, I'm not saying to do it because I am going to do it. But if I was interested in that stuff, I would have just done it years ago. Um, 
I figure the way I fought after my NHL and pro career was done and everything, uh, it's part of me look back and go, man, the way I fought, I might like, I did have post-concussion syndrome a couple times. One year it kept me out, but, you know, knock on wood, I, I got over it. Well, at least I think I did. Maybe I'm a, you know, look at my personality. I'm a bit of a wingnut. Maybe it fucked me up for life, but I don't feel like I did when I had post-concussion syndrome. So that was a great thing. Uh, other than that, I didn't give a fuck for it, like for fighting. And I never, I will, I never got, and again, knock on wood, but I never got post-concussion syndrome from a fight ever. Um, it was from open ice hits. And uh, I, I would often fight just so I, someone wouldn't hit me. If I knew I was playing against a good hitter, I'd fight him first. Because I'm like, I'd rather get fight the guy and take a bare knuckle in the face than have my head down and get hit. So in my experience, um, it was more dangerous getting open ice hit. Everybody's different. Again, knock on wood for the fifth time in the last minute. That something doesn't happen, but that's really, and that's only, and the only reason I give a fuck about that is because I have a daughter and she relies on me, but you know, it's something I'm going to go down there and get in a hockey fight. I haven't been in one in a long time. Um, I haven't been in one for money. This is a fight for money ever. Uh, there's going to be cameras. There's going to be an opponent who's ready that, that wants to do this. So I'm fighting somebody that wants to fight not necessarily play hockey. And if someone runs the goalie fight, um, so, but that's, I'm, I'm sure he knows that. I mean, even if you train, it's a job, right? You got to go out, you got to do your thing in order to get paid. We got to throw down. So I'm throwing down, I guess. And part of me is intrigued by it. It's like, you know, how do I find myself in these fucking myself in these fucking positions to be going now and throwing down, with uh, a guy who's, I believe, 15, 16 years younger. If he's, I don't know much about him. I don't want to know much about him. I know he's, I, I, he's in his late 20s. So whatever. I'm 45. That's that. We'll see what happens. Like so many other things, I will uh, roll the dice. Hope, hope that they turn up in my advantage. And, uh, well, you know, in the end, it's a fucking hockey fight. I've been in hundreds of them with, no gloves on. Uh, I will say for the, for the, you know, I'm a character on Shorzy here, you know, and I'm not saying that like you don't know it. I'm saying from my perspective, I wouldn't want to get pumped and, and give Ted Hitchcock some bad vibes. But, uh, you know, part of me, if I'm going down, I'm agreeing to do and I'm, I'm sure people know that I haven't trained, that I'm a lot older than this guy which helps if you're like 20, if you're 25 and the other guy's fucking 16. But in this case, I do feel like an underdog and I like going into a fight as an underdog. And that way, look, if I last four rounds and I fucking, to me, that that's, that's my goal. Four rounds of one minute, with two referees, no puck, no shit. You just come out and fight. I think that's hard. A lot of people, when I say that, and they're not hockey players over the last couple of days, they're like, ah, oh, well, it's only a minute. I know, man, but you look back, a long hockey fight is one minute. doesn't seem like that. After a hockey fight, you might go, oh, man, they were going toe-to-toe -to -toe for five minutes. No, they weren't. They weren't ever. Nobody ever did. Nobody ever will. Nobody goes toe-to-toe -to -toe for five minutes. Closest I've seen is fellow actor, uh, Shorzy actor, John Morasti and uh, Jeremy Yablonski. 
That went for a while, and that wasn't close to five minutes. So, you know, and to go toe-to-toe, and I also, you know, fighting toe-to-toe for even four minutes, that won't work. No one has that stamina, and it's stupid as a fighter. So you end up getting a little bit of both. You're going to get some jabs. You're going to get a lot of Darren Langdon type of grappling, at least from my end. I don't mind. If my opponent listens to this when it's released tonight, so be it. You know my plan. But I'm not planning on going in and just going like toe-to-toe right off the bat. In a hockey fight, yes, I often did. But the hockey fight is to get momentum for different reasons. First of all, I might want to fucking hurt the guy. I'm pissed off. You just ran our goalie. I want to give you a good fight here, right? Um, I want, all I want to do in a hockey fight really is get the fans going. My, my job's done. My particular fight, I won't get any any paid anymore if I win that fight, right? I'm just doing it. So I didn't mind going guns a-blazing for however long you want. Usually that would be 30 seconds. Like I said, a long one a minute. I'll bring it, but just saying, in this four rounds against someone who's younger, uh, that definitely trains more. I don't train at all. So, <laughs> um, is, would be a lot to be. So I'm not saying that. It, I mean, all I got is my style. I got my cardio, which again is good for a regular person, a human walking around the street at the grocery store. I have good cardio. Not, I'm, I'm guessing anybody that trains for MMA has a way better cardio than I do, but you know, I could, I could hang with the best of them here. You don't play ball hockey and not be able to have a good cardiovascular system or at least work on it or, or, or you, you improve it. I played all summer and I skate. I just came from a skate earlier with a lot of the growlers and top senior hockey guys around. I'm not winded or anything. Like I, I know I can hang, but hey, I don't know. If this guy's been running fucking 10 miles a day for the last three months, I'm fucked. In any case, I'm done talking about it. I'll find out. It's a fucking hockey fight. What am I? Fucking piano player or a fucking hockey player? You know, suck it up. Go make your money. Go see Boston. I'm going to see the Red Sox. I'm going to see Bobby Hauser. I'm going to see my buddy Mike Byrne. And I'm looking forward to that. Folks, get out. If you're in St. John's, you want to go out for a beer, head out to George Street and go to some of my favorite pubs. Rob Roy, TJ's, Green Sleeves. Trinity Pub and the Bull and Barrel. Of course, if you're going to get a bite to eat, why not go to the Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or of course, Wedgwood Cafe. Also, Wedgwood Cafe does some great catering. My Peter, my buddy Peter Wedgwood, stop in. It's on Elizabeth Avenue. Say hello and have a bite to eat. True hockey, take what's yours. Folks, thanks for tuning in to Tales with TR. I'll be back again in just a couple days. It might be, it might be another solo mission. Given that I got to go down and I got other things to concentrate that I just talked about on. But uh, next week, we'll definitely have some good guests and don't rule it out. The only thing I will say is that if you're looking forward to this coming on Thursday, it'll probably be Friday or maybe even Saturday this week, depending on my connection coming back. Connections, flight connection, that's what I mean. And uh, they haven't been, they haven't treated me overly great this summer slash fall. Um, At least half of them I've been late. But if I'm back on time, you'll have a podcast on Friday mid-afternoon. Thanks again for tuning in to Tales with TR. This has been episode 121A. Thank you to my friends in Edmonton and see you Boston real soon. Catch you guys on the rebound. Bye.